Yeah. We did this one in 20 minutes. I have a, minutes, like, I, 25. like a start. That was like 40 minutes. We've only, yeah, we've I, only got Hard stop at 10.30. I love you guys, but I'd like, if, fine, I don't, if I don't get fine. off at 10.30 and I'm like walking out, she'll beat me. Hello and welcome to Bite Size Gaming, where we serve up a veritable buffet of topics for your listening and viewing pleasure. Uh, my name is Troy Salmon, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by Jonathan Christian. Uh, Zach is not here today, but uh, he is here in spirit. He'll be here later. Yep, he'll be in the recording a little bit down the line, but at least for the uh, for the news broadcast. Zach's not going to be able to make it today. Right. We, 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 we are not going to let Zach out of the box until a little bit later. Nope. Nope. Sinner. Yeah. <laughs> you sinner. Sinner. Uh, but today, uh, we have, a, we have a, some good stuff in the, up here for news. Uh, let's be, let me get my little thing here. Um, we're going to save the big one for last, I think, right? Should we save yeah, the yeah. big one for last? All right. Totally. Yeah. 100%. Uh, Where do you want to start? Uh, I'll do one, then you do one, then I'll do one. Okay, done. All yeah, all right. Sounds good. Uh, Go for it. First out of the out of the pipe is Pexia's Guide to Omeria, Fifth Edition Campaign Sourcebook from DM Dave. Now, uh, I kickstarted their box set uh, starter, their starter box uh, last year. I think it was the uh, starter box for Omeria. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has like the flat minis and all this stuff. And this is Pexia's guide. So it is, it is basically what you think it is. It is the, uh, the player's guide. It gives you all the, all the tidbits and all the extra world bits that the players would know. And also it has a one to 11, uh, starter campaign. Oh, that's so smart. Hand of the eight. And I was reading through the, the chapters on this. Um, there's 10 adventures. takes you from level 1 to level 11. And each, uh, each episode is an adventure. Uh, and I am very intrigued. It sounds really, really cool. Um, j- chapter 2. Assault on the Ghost Home. The characters chase the leader of the Orcish Pirates to the Pirates' Island Fortress. There they must face a litany of dangers hidden within the island's dangerous swamps and coastlines. I mean, that's a pretty standard kind of an idea for an adventure. Mm -hmm. But the way it just kind of builds, you know, the first one starts off in a lighthouse. Next one, an island. The next one you're racing against time, uh, against bounty hunters um, and dangerous creatures. hunting something called mega and i don't want to i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything else about what's coming um there's a kid there's a kid involved sounds very very interesting but i mean uh, it's dm dave dm dave puts out some seriously awesome stuff all the time he's a thing he's a thing he's a a thing he's he's like he's known he's a force of nature Mm -hmm. he is known for sure there's some really good free stuff that come, that he puts out yeah, too. Yeah, like to wet people's appetite. Yeah, he's got sixty five hundred followers on his Patreon. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, that's, that's like, they fully funded their the ten thousand expected goal in six minutes. Yep, and they're like at the time of this recording, they're about to the crack ninety five k. Yeah, US with sixteen days to go. That's awesome. Go. Good for him. Good for them. Good, good for them. Good on you. Yeah, t- like I'm looking at this. And what I my eye immediately goes to is the introduction of the new races and subclasses and classes. Yep. Yep. Right Dude, to it. some of these I'm scratching my head thinking, why is it a subclass to that class? Like, uh, what is it? The monk way of the gun mage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sounds like an oxymoron. Um, it, it does. A paladin uh, oath of the stone arms. That's cool. That's cool, but it's like, but shouldn't why that, shouldn't that be a barbarian? Path? Right? Maybe. Yeah, like a like a dwarven barbarian. Yeah, I do like the rogue. Like, 
mm-hmm. Tajuni uh, Merchant Prince. I like that. Feels a little bit like a Rogue Trader yes. kind of jazz to it, right? I really love yes. that. Yeah, there's some like Pact of the Borrower for the Warlock. Uh, what was the other one that I saw in here? Oh, man. Fighter Spear Wilder. Oh, yes. I'm super yes. excited about that one. I want to see that in action. I do, too. I do, too. Um, and they have a new class, a whole new class. The oh, ele- yeah. The Elementalist. Yeah. The artwork Which, looks fantastic. I am I'm very curious to see how do you take the Elementalist and make it not a monk slash sorcerer wizard. Mm. Like how do, like how do you make it any different as a class? So I'm, I'm I'm that's one of those where like Christmas morning unbox and see the neat new thing and the way that they did it kind of thing I'd like to take a look at. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this bad bad boy is supposed to uh, deliver in December, so Christmas hmm. nailed that right on the head. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, just uh, if if you backed his starter set, I mean, this is a no brainer. Jump on this uh, mm-hmm. on this player's guide. It just huh. yeah, broadsword monthly. I just noticed that these. So DM Dave has like a monthly, mm-hmm. effectively like uh, like ascension kind of thing. Kind of yeah. It's it's kind of like uh, or not uh, not ascension. Um, oh, help me. Call Arcadia. Wheels. Arcadia. Yeah. Arcadia. Not ascension. It, but it's hefty. I I believe. I want to say it's like. $15 an okay. issue. But, I mean, yeah, it's 120 pages of adventures, race, uh, races, players' options, monsters, all kinds of stuff. And it's DM Dave. So, oh, it's not like, again, it's not like you're going to go wrong. It's DM Dave. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay, so here's one that's interesting too, right? I'm just kind of digging a little bit deeper. He's got some good names in here for contributors. Other than just the DM Dave team, two that I immediately my eyes immediately go to are the Griffin Saddlebag. Yep, That's uh, legit. he does a lot of stuff with with him all the time. So yeah. Yep, and then Dyson Logos is in mm-hmm. there. Yep, uh, Tom Gibbons. I've I've seen his stuff too. This is good, man. This is really really good. This is legit. Yes, um, I, I don't know how I missed this yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, you know, oddly enough, it was flying under my notice too, which I thought was odd because I backed his starter set, and then it just kind of popped up the other day, and I was like, "Oh, well, I gotta get on this." Hmm. Oh, and uh, Girk is telling us that uh, DM Dave apparently sent out a copy of Broadsword to uh, his backers for the box set because the box set took a little bit longer than he was anticipating to get out to him. So that's cool. And they gave him that you know, like a freebie, as a as a peace offering. Oh yeah, PDF in PDF. Oh, then I'm gotcha. gonna check my. Uh, well, I get it anyway, so it, mm. it's not like that's two awesome. copies of PDF. But yeah, Heck cool, yeah, cool, man. Sweet, sweet. All right, cool. Uh, well, then I will go next. Um, right. So I've got a. I'm gonna do my light one. I've got a really, really, um, a really quick one. Uh, there is a, a, a an artist that I follow. Uh, on Twitter, um, that is a like a, a Magic the Gather the Gathering artist. And that's Chris Wren, and he posted an image, which I will put in the doobly doo, of a very famous creature slash being in in Dungeons and Dragons. This is uh, artwork for one of the new Magic the Gathering cards that are it's going to be the D and D line or whatever that's gonna, that whatever that 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 bridge that's going to be between the two products, right? Um, oh, man. The five-headed, the, the, the Dark Queen herself, man. Tiamat. Slash, in my heart, Takesis, always. Hashtag, first love. Um, yeah, so, and it is absolutely, this this artwork needs to go on a wall somewhere in my house. Oh, he's this selling is, it. Yes, I saw he's yeah. he's selling the actual the original for like it's like up to like seventy five grand or something crazy like that right now. But he's also going to sell prints, and I'm talking about like oh. frame it, put that up on a wall. Yeah, it's just that freaking good. It is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, it, it looks like it basically it's decimation. I mean, yeah, you're screwed. Uh, 
I am not a magic player. Mm, yeah. At all. I was at a time, and then I just couldn't keep up. But have you heard what this card does? Uh-uh. Uh, something about you, when you play Tiamat, you can mm. then shuffle through your deck and find the f- five dragons, five unique dragons, and put them in your hand or something like that. And, yeah. That must be that must be like a D and D specific. I don't, I don't like. It's been so long since I played Magic. I just I couldn't keep up with it. Yeah, but you have to have you have to have specific like named dragons or something like that mm-hmm. in your in your deck, and you can shuffle through and, and take out the five as long as they're different and unique, and put them in your hand and then you know play them. But yeah, it's like a it's like seven seven creature. All That's the color, cool. all the colors, you yeah. know. So it's like you have to use like all of the different lands or something like that. I wonder. I, you you can use all the different lands because I guess mm-hmm. Tiamat has all the different colors. So yeah, you would think, right? Any, yeah. So whatever. But uh, yeah, hefty magic cards. They they yeah, uh. they're, they're throwing the 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 big bat in there. But oh man. Yeah, I don't so know what it like, means, but it's like it sounds really I don't impressive. Know. <laughs> it sounds super it's like, impressive. It's like whoa. Oh my god! Uh, well, I mean, if nothing else, they they did the right thing by putting him on this because this art—I'm I'm in love. I'm uh, so in love with it. It um, makes me really curious for the other crossover sets they're oh, coming yeah. out with. They're doing a—I f- think they're doing a 40k, Re- a Warhammer 40k Magic set. See, okay, so here's the thing: what's going to end up happening is because I'm such a sucker. For D and D crap, like I have to have everything on D and D Beyond and Roll Twenty, and the bo- the books. That now they they they're gonna reel me right back in. It's like World of Warcraft. There's some some someone stupid thing they're gonna put out there, and I'm probably gonna end up having to buy a couple of decks just to like because yeah. yeah. there's gonna be so much cool stuff included in it. Bastards! <sighs> Damn their marketing teams. Mm. So okay. socially engineering. Could you imagine if they did a World of Warcraft magic crossover? They probably could, but that would I would think that would cramp Hearthstone's um, yeah. style, maybe. I don't know, right? They could do it with anything. My Little Pony, any of the Hasbro <laughs> stuff. G.I. Joe. Strawberry <laughs> Shortcake is a planeswalker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Purple Pie Man of Porcupine Peak is like Counterspell or something like that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, well that's okay, and that's that's mine. Like I said, that was my like my 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 nibble, You're not a bite, just just a nibble of of a news item. I thought it was really cool, and I want to make sure everybody else out there saw it. So we'll we'll make sure that we include that in the doobly doo yep. notes, yep. show notes. Uh, okay, next up for me, is, yep. this Kickstarter is not yet live, but mm. uh, we got a link, and you can uh, you know be notified when it does go live. Uh, this is not for D anD. d this is okay. for its own system. It is a 2D10 system. So the way it's kind of explained is kind of like you're still going for those nat 20s, mm-hmm. but it, they're a lot more rare, so they're a lot more special. I don't know what makes them special because Kickstarter's not yet out yet. Right. But it's called Atlas, Rise or Die. And I have to back this if only because... For their video, they use Holy Diver from Dio. Oh, Dio. Yeah. And the the whole video, I mean, it's very well done. And it's that, uh, how they take, you know, a, a static picture, but then they make, like, the arms move and do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it was very well done. But it so much has the feel of old Conan. Oh, sword and sorcery. Sword, the, yeah, with you know the sandals and sorcery, the sword and sorcery. It has that feel, and that's kind of like what they're saying they're going for. And it's just uh, blood, brutality, barbarism. You know the three Bs. What else do you need? Mm. Um, mm. And, a, and a unique system, a two D ten system. Uh, you can go check out the preview link for the campaign off of the link that I just shared. And it will also be in the in the doobly doo, but it just looks so cool. 
I'm a sucker really for sword and sorcery. Yeah, I, I'm just I, a, I'm a sucker for all the the Arthur Conan Doyle stuff, and I want I want to play in an in a good sword and sorcery uh, setting. Um, I do have Primeval Thule, which oh. is very much you know Hyborian Age style meets Lovecraft, so mm-hmm. very fitting. Um, but yeah, Atlas Rise or Die. It just it's got that '80s heavy metal vibe to it. Um, the and nicely, I remember the '80s stuff it, with the uh, chainmail bikinis. There's a little bit of that. I mean, Boris Vallejo. Yeah, I mean, Boris Vallejo it. stuff. There's there's a little bit of that in here, but it doesn't look gratuitous. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Um, they look. I will say this though. Looking at like old uh, oldmagegames.com, which is where you got like some additional information about it. There's some stuff in here. They're not going to be very apologetic about what they're putting out there. The, the vibe is the vibe, and that's the, all there the is. The vibe to it. is the vibe. Uh, is for instance, uh, there is a rayfish inn in Thalar, or Thaliar, which is referred to as uh, "Kids, cover your ears." The horny boar. So. Girk just giggled. I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's obvious that like the vibe is the vibe. It is what it is, you know. Yeah, it um, is what it is, and you know, if this is not your thing, yeah, it's not your thing. It's cool. Yeah. Um. Just uh. Yeah. Just don't let the book set out to where your kids can get a hold of it. Yes. I'll be keeping my ear to the ground on this though, because I'm like I'm yeah. a, like I said I'm a sucker for it. I'm with you. We need to we need to make it happen. We'll have to be like a a secret. A secret game that we we play with one another. Oh, so if you look at like to the okay, so really quick. So the the artwork that you were talking about, where it's kind of like it's got the like a like an animated image mm-hmm. on that on the website, um, dude. Like any time that you've got a red sun covered up by a black moon, that's just badass looking. Oh yeah, it reminds it's it is so like post apocalyptic, super far into the future, sword sorcery weird. Science and actually, kind of yes, that that was something it. else. Reading through this, it, it has that Conan vibe. But mm-hmm. what really has me jazzed for it, it feels like an adult version of Thundar the Barbarian. Yes. Oh my god, I'm so excited! Lords of Light. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just like, oh, I oh, will, I will, awesome. I still will watch Thund- even though it's that horrible, cheesy. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I will still watch Thunder of the Barbarian. I watched so, it when I'm, my I'm kid done. wouldn't roll his eyes at it. Gabriel was super, super into Thundar and He-Man and all that kind of stuff, too. When we've like, I, I don't... Okay, so really quick. We're on a sidebar just for a second. Is it just me, or was the He-Man... Whenever he, when Prince Adam would actually do the transformation and like the music fired up, and he goes, Oh, I have the... Like, as a kid, when he said, I have the power, I roided out, like, every time. Would... <laughs> Would turn like it's like I ate like fifteen pounds of Pez and just bug out. I was so excited, man. And that's the kind of the like, same thing I would get from a lot of those the Hanna Barbera cartoons, like Thundar the Barbarian. I wanted to be Thundar so bad. <laughs> Girk, yes, I called it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it, yeah, he gets it honest. So yeah, he anyway, does, he does. and I will say this, you know, like st- you know, stay on the He Man Thundar thing. To me, He Man was. The, the passing of the torch from Thundar. I mean, oh yeah, you, you could well, have Thundar Light. Yeah, it was Thundar. It was Thundar Light. I'll, I'll 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 give it that. But I mean, like I remember being a kid watching Th- when the Thundar would come on, and the whole like the opening part of it would like bug me out. Like, oh my god, is that is that going to happen? Like the yeah. big wave crash, cr- yep. like destroying the earth and, and the, uh, the moon. Yeah, yeah. Oh my, and, like freaking wig me out as a kid. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, this Atlas, this Atlas has that vibe, man. I love it. I am ready. All right, right on. Okay, so my second uh, is one that's I, it's just absolutely intriguing to me. And that is uh, there's a new Kickstarter coming out very, very soon. Or that's actually out right now. I'm sorry. As of this recording, uh, it has made its goal and then some. And it has 20 days left. And right. I'm one of those that have, have uh, thrown my, my buckage into the kitty. Uh, you are the dungeon. Okay. Uh, it's a single-player journaling experience that puts you in the role of a living, sentient dungeon, eternal and indomitable. 
You create your initial space, allow a foray of adventurers into your depths, reward their greed appropriately, and linger in their minds and hearts for the rest of their lives. Well, those who live, at least. In the fallow which fa follows, you invite a new evil, grow, and prepare for more fools to grace your unhallowed halls with their presence. Uh, yes, please and thank you. Okay, I'm intrigued. Right? Uh, they, it's, it's kind of a, it's like a journaling thing, and, and it's, it is a zine. Um, the, so what it, what it comes with is it's in a five and a half by eight and a half format, okay. as is typical zines. There are pr printed and um, and digital copies that'll come out. Um, rules on playing with a group of any size, uh, putting down roots. So guidance for incorporating your dungeon into an ongoing RPG campaign after you've built it out. So it's kind of like a creative exercise to create a dungeon that you'll end up running later on anyway. It's like the backstory of this dungeon, it has a backstory already built in because you've already kind of, it, this helps you cause it to kind of unfold. I think that's absolutely fascinating. To whatever degree it's successful, I, I couldn't tell you. But uh, I love the idea of it. Okay. 100%. It does sound very intriguing. Huh. I've never I've always thought about these uh journaling uh adventures or exercises mm -hmm. or whatever just to give it a shot to see what it'd be like. Yep. So, I mean, I find the idea of noodling out a a session with your friends even, right? The your the your your regular gaming group could actually help you construct the dungeon that their characters actually end up going into with something like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's I, I would love to see how that that pans out. So yeah, um, you are the dungeon, that's literally. Cool. Really make it really make it uh, breathe. Yep. All right. All right what La else you got? Last on the list. Total departure. Of what we usually talk about. Hmm? The cursed exhibition. Immersive Detective Mystery Packages. This okay. is from the Detective Society. It's a UK-based uh, group. And I believe this is their third, what they call, season. And this is one of those, uh, almost like a loot box. Mm -hmm. That you get one of these things every month. And it takes you about 9 to 12 hours to play through. And it's got it's full of the clues. And uh, like handouts and, and uh, newspaper clippings and pictures and all this stuff. And I mean in, in actual picture frames. Uh, or you might get a thumb drive that you yeah, have to, saw that. to load up. Um, they, they've developed, I don't remember how many, like a couple hundred unique websites for these things. And you have to solve the mystery. And they kind of build off of each other in the season. So this one, uh, the uh, the cursed exhibition, a a curator in a museum has been murdered, and they call on you to solve the mystery. And it's is it linked to this new exhibit that's supposed to be opening up that has some ties to a lost god kind of thing? You know, what is it? What's what's going on? And every month you get a new new box and it takes you deeper along the mystery. I mean, so if you like escape rooms, if you like uh whodunits and 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 all that kind of stuff, this might be something to to look into. Um, maps and and little just all kinds of little doodads that, that come in come with these things, and they're yeah, all I, different. I saw the when you, just as you were saying the thumb drive. The thumb drive is hidden inside of an Anubis uh, sarcophagus. Yes, ah, I love that. That's yes. pretty cool. Yeah, padlocks and like playing cards and little mm -hmm. bits and scraps of paper. That's really cool. That is and really, really cool. Watching the video as to how this thing was was put together, they do, uh, I saw where they had to go to, basically, I, I guess what you're doing is like you're, you're, you're watching the uh, surveillance footage. And, and they're talking, and it's just in the background, but I'm watching it, and it's like, you know, people, and it's like in the black and white 
uh, night vision kind of look and you're watching these people walk around and I'm like, how cool is that that they went to that length so that you're going to sit there and be like, I'm looking for the, for the, the person, you know, where's Waldo kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I geek out on this kind of stuff. I, I think it's really super interesting. You can play by yourself. You can do it as a couple. You can get a group of friends. You They've actually have uh, a thing set up where you have to use WhatsApp, but you can text your contact and the contact oh. texts back or, or what? Yeah. And you go to these different websites and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know that they've not thought of basically everything on this. So, new episode every month, suitable for one to four players, nine to 12 hours of gameplay per box, uh, ages 14 and up. That's awesome. Um, the, yeah. the, the sticker on this thing is, you're gonna, it's an investment. It's so, an to investment. me, it's like, you, it would be cool if you did it as a group, I think would yes. be... That's probably because you're looking at uh, just for shipping alone is gonna is gonna be forty two. What is that pounds? Yeah, forty two yeah, pounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is what like sixty to seventy dollars US. And then if you want the full season, which is six adventures or six adv- episodes, the super early bird was one fifty. The regular is not. It's something else. Like even if it's just one fifty, one sixty. Well, that's, that's pounds. pounds. So right, so two hundred, two hundred twenty-seven dollars. It's going like, to be like three hundred to three thirty U.S. I think is what that looks like. I mean, uh, don't so. get me wrong. This thing is friggin' elaborate. Super, super. So I understand why. Like uh-huh. the, the the investment is gonna be is gonna be there. I am curious to see how long it would take you to actually run through the entire adventure. Yeah, and, and there there's one if you if you really like this kind of thing uh, for 638 ish dollars you can get all three seasons and there's six episodes per season hmm. so you've got the the sudden silence of Timothy Lee the disappearance of Claire Makova and then this new one the cursed exhibition um, and they're looking to deliver start start delivering these things in August they're ready, so, to, pump, they're ready to pump out yeah they're ready to go um, it's good yeah, I just. But again, yeah, if you have a group of, of friends that, that dig on this stuff, you've been to a few uh, escape rooms, or you've done your, you know, how to host a murder dinner party right. kind of thing. This would be the way to do it, I think. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'll, I'll borrow, borrow a Zachism since he's not here. Interesting. 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 Yeah. Uh, that is a that is a good off the cuff non tabletop RPG yeah. find. I like that. That's really cool. Yeah, something. And honestly, something you could even if you could play it and probably pick up some like murder mystery uh, hooks or chops from it for your games. Even. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Shall we talk the big? I think we should talk the big. I mean, it is the vampire in the room. Yeah, it's right. the the eight hundred year old vampire in the room. Yeah. It is the it is the maggot swarm in the room, I think. Uh, so the, the swarm uh, of Grimishkas. The, the oh my god, mages like a wizard's worst nightmare. Shh, worst shh, nightmare. Shh. Oh, I mean, good call. Wizards good call. love them. Wizards of the coasts' worst nightmare. Wiz- or oh, something. Or something. Sure. Or something. Yeah. Um, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft came out today, yes, as of this recording. Uh, Troy, okay, so look, I've been waiting to hear your, like, a mini-review of the Eberron inclusion. Oh. So, will you please give us give us what you got? Uh, well, since it's only about, a, it's only a paragraph. Right. But that paragraph says a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on the day of the morning, uh... Somehow, and now, now this is this is interesting news for me. Somehow, there were individuals that knew something was going to happen. Mm. Ooh. And they were in the city of Metrol, which was the uh, the capital of the nation of Seer. Mm. And they were going to get out. 
they were going to jump on a lightning rail and get out of of the uh, of the nation. Well, the lightning rail was held up because a certain individual, a very important person, wanted to be on that train and for whatever reason was running behind, so they held the train hmm. because of this person's. Uh, what would you call that? Hubris? Uh, self-importance. Self-importance, self-absorbed. Yeah. yeah. So because they held this lightning rail, this escape for these few hundred people, nobody escaped. And that greed, that uh, sense of self-importance, uh, attracted the attention of the dark powers of the domains of dread and seer 1313 travels through the mists in perpetuity uh, and the people on the train are still trying to escape whatever is happening in the day of morning forever 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 and they yep. still don't know who is in that front car who that Ooh. VIP person was. So, okay, I have not read... I saw it, but I didn't want to read any of it until I got your... Like, the way that you kind of, like, they rolled it out there. Do they... Is it... Is it the Dreadlord? Is it there... Is it the Lord of the Domain that's I in think, the front column? I think... That, to me, the... You know, because... The, the way... The, the Domains of Dread, the way, you know, Barovia and and even Sithicus and stuff was supposed to be founded was because of one being's horrible, horrible evil and the tragedy that surrounds that evil is what attracts the, the, the powers. So imagine I'm, I, what I'm hoping is it is, uh, whoever this, very important person was this dignitary or whatever was actually a good person. And for whatever reason, the lightning rail was held for them. And now they're like, for, for all eternity, they have to suffer knowing these people could have survived. These people could have lived and they, that is their torture. This is their punishment for doing this to these people it feels we talked about this before recording and before before going live it feels kind of like a Snow very snow piercer-esque yes oh is, did somebody thought the, uh, like, there you go yeah boom see right oh yeah like right? reversed snow piercer in reverse maybe but if kind well of. well well if if the lord or the dark lord is like up at the front then you're darn too. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the whole, you know, Snowpiercer reverse as in, you oh, know, oh, Snowpiercer oh. saved everybody. Right, 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 right. But this one damn, or, or damned the, them it all was too. The, the rich were already on there, and then the, the yep, poor... Trapped in a small place. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, and now I'm kind of hoping this secret project that uh, Keith Baker's working on... Dovetails with that somehow. ...is fleshing this out. Mm, and if cool. not... I am diving back into that movie and back into that TV show, <laughs> and I'm gonna flesh my own out because this. Heck yeah, dude. I'm just like, oh, this is so cool. Uh, okay, so that is really, really interesting. Um, if that's the if that's the route that he that he went with it, that cool. I'm, I'm curious as to how. If do you start off as one of the damned, or as someone that got somehow looped into oh, no, it? Oh no, I'm sucking you, somebody into this. Are you sucking them into it, or or is it like or ooh? But wait, but what wait, if? More. But what if it is a? We're gonna derail. Here we go. Pun intended. Uh, if we're what if it is someone that was related to a person that was on that train and knows that it goes through kind of like the ghost train. It comes by this same spot at three o'clock, three a.m. at the witching hour every fifth full moon or whatever and they're waiting for it and they've got to get on it to try to save whoever that person is and they get in and they're like trapped with everybody else and oh my god you could do that so much oh that story. see I, I already know how i would get them on okay and, and i i would use anybody that might play 
in in a Eberron campaign with me in the future, close your ears. Mm. Um, what I would do is, in the first adventure of the AL Eberron campaign, mm-hmm. there's those, those mini adventures, and one of them yeah. is, is going out to find a lost scout. Well, you find them at inside the Mornland at a lightning rail station. Oh. And as you're doing your thing, you see a ghost train coming. And I would just make it so that, yeah, some, for what it, I would try to engineer it so that you're stuck on that track and that ghost train just goes right over it top of you, you and you get sucked into it. Or does it pull, just like pull in and it stops and it just kind of like sits there and <laughs> chills until you, until you get on like, or like a ticket f- like flies out from one of the cars and lands on the ground or something like that. You pick, Oh, yeah. Some, it, but I would, I would, I would base it right out of that little scene That's right good. there. Yeah. Like it, it could be like, maybe they even save the, you know, they, they find the scout and yeah, I like that. They, they pick up that ticket and all of a sudden, whoop. right. <laughs> and then you got the conductor goes, I'll take that, sir. <laughs> take, take it, the, please. T- what? <laughs> and, and you're off. Oh, but then, but wait, but wait, there's more. But if you do it like that, right, when you, they get sucked in just because they pick up the ticket or if they go on, whatever happens, whatever it is that's like the, the triggering event that gets them in, what it's, what should be is like, they immediately go back to that point in history where it's like, it's not before, it's not like, it's not in its current state. It's like in that moment when people are trying to get on, you're one of the people that's in the throng that's that's trying to get on the train and you see that person coming on, you're already on the train, that person's coming up and you're kind of like, it's, you're a part of it. Right. And you can't, right. Yeah. yeah. But then you would know, you'd know who's on the, who the, who the, no, you wouldn't on. see it though. They'd have like a parasol or something like that. They're, you know, they're frou-frou and important. They'd be, they'd somehow be obscured where you wouldn't be able to see them. And that's the, that's the juice, right? It's getting oh, to the front and find out who the hell did that. Oh, it's just an idea. I, an it, idea. Oh, I don't know. There's so many ways you could do it. There's so many ways you could do it. Enough about enough about uh, Eberron and Ravenloft. What about the rest oh, of the man. book? What about the rest of this book? I mean, let me tell you something. I know that we could, we could we need to do a deep dive on this. We'll do it. Honestly. Yeah, we need to do a deep dive. But my but first, my, yes, not today, not without Zach for hundred percent. But the, like one of the first things that I looked at that I was really excited to look at was genres of horror. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but like it's it is a real. There's a section in this under chapter two. When you create your own domain, create a dark lord, create the domain, and then there's like, hey, you want this to be horrific? Here are the types of, like, the subgenres of horror that are out there. Body horror, which I'd heard body horror before, mm-hmm. and I'm a big horror buff, but like a good, one good kind of like overarching, overarching like explanation or definition of what body horror is, right? It's the... Uh, American Werewolf in London, right? It's the like the transformation or the thing where things where your body transforms and are like uh, Franz Kafka's um, uh, crap. What's the book? Um, it doesn't matter. But it's like that whatever that transformation is, right? The horrific transformation or disfigurement or things like that that happens happens to a person. Uh, cosmic horror, dark fantasy, folk horror. Oh man, Baba Duke, get out of here. Uh, ghost stories, gothic horror, and then other horror genres. That's the one that like that stood out to me out of all of it. What about you? Uh, I mean, they're just they're yeah. I love the fact that they they they, they broke out those genres of horror. Um, they've even got like, which I I don't understand why they put other genres of horror and then they list them out: disaster, <laughs> occult, detective, uh, psychological, mm-hmm. and slasher. I mean, why didn't you just yeah. have those in the regular? But anyway. Right. Um, the, the the dimensions or the domains, hmm. awesome, and they've got you know all the other ones like like for the the Seer thirteen thirteen, just giving hmm. you enough that you know any DM that reads these things are is going to have a unique thought to go down you know hmm. and, and to create their own thing, um, different tips and tricks on you know how how to prepare how to run a horror game, uh. Player options, um, the 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 bestiary in the back. They even 
have a spirit board that you can uh, print out. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks good too. Yeah, it looks really fantastic. Good. It looks really, really good. Yeah, I like. I'm with you on the the ch- on chapter four for those that may be l- looking along at home or on uh, in physical form or uh, or on D and D Beyond. Um, preparing a horror game, running them after like the scary stuff happens. What do you do? I'm, I haven't gone through all of this. So I'm sure that there's some probably some dialogue in there about. Um, you know, being mindful of the audience mm-hmm. uh, and making sure that everyone's got buy-in on a horror game, how far is too far kind of stuff uh, where people get uncomfortable. And then there, but then there's stuff like the horror toolkit where they talk about different curses, fear and stress, haunted traps, survivors. survivors. I mean, that's, and then like, and then the house of lament is in there, Yay. which is a good adventure. Very good adventure. There'll be, uh, yeah, self-promotion really quick. Uh, coming up in June, they're doing it again. They're running the House of, House of Lament, and they're going to be doing an eight-hour-long stint this time around mm-hmm. instead of just the uh, the single four-hour well, thing. No, they're going to have both. If, oh, they are if, doing both. Okay. Yeah, it, it's up to the DMs if they want to um, do two slots and run, run the eight-hour. Oh. I mean, because there, there's going to be some people that are like, man, I really want to play House of Lament, but now it's eight hours. I don't want to... Mm-hmm. So well. if a DM if DMs want to they can run the four hour version which I highly recommend the four hour version just because that way you can play it at a virtual weekend and then you can play like the full because mm-hmm. honestly I'm gonna I'm gonna say this I still think eight hours is not enough oh I agree to, for the whole thing you're still gonna have it's a to, trilogy yeah oh yeah easily. Easily mm-hmm. a twelve hour just to let that sit, that thing breathe and really sing and really creep mm-hmm. people out. Um, I mean, we when we yeah. did the play test, it was like an hour to an hour and a half just for the intro, like getting it started, getting everybody's kind of like like kind of getting into this into the session and getting into the atmosphere and all that stuff was like just an hour to an hour and a half alone. Yeah. So yeah, yeah well, through the whole thing. That's with you running it. <sighs> Yes, it is with me. I'm sorry that I am thorough in my immersion, thorough. sir. Well, no, I, I, <laughs> thoroughly I mean, immersive. It's it's kind of something you know we we've we've talked about off off uh, podcast before. Is mm-hmm. the the trade off? It's one of the trade offs okay. for uh, organized play as opposed to home play. You mm-hmm. know, you have to do something. Those players have to sit down and say, "I don't care what you got going on. I'm buying into it," mm-hmm. and just jump. Yeah. For organized play, because I mean, you need that so that you can get going. Um, they did do some things with the uh, the denizens of the mists. Yes, um, they've uh, they've changed some stuff up. They've they've tweaked and uh, redone. Um, and I'm not going to say this is controversial. At least f- for me, they've changed the Vistani. Mm-hmm. Um. The uh, you know the old school Ravenloft products uh, when they created the Vistani they leaned super super heavy on the old uh, tropes of the Roma people the negative mm. tropes uh, mm-hmm. to be uh, to be more exact um, which was a shame because there's a lot of even though they they've They've suffered, you know, the, from from bigotry and, and all this stuff. That culture is just so ripe with cool stuff, and not in an, in a bad guy negative way. I mean, it's they just have so much to pull from for for either side of that good guy bad guy line. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've they've changed it up. They you know the Vistani are just a people. There's good Vistani. There's bad Vistani. It, well, I mean, a, it's like. You know, it's like the same decisions that they're making with a lot of the other the species and races that are in the humanoid and demi-human races mm-hmm. that are in D now, right? It's like, cause, and what's wrong with that? If you, if at your table, you decide that you want all Vistani to be evil, that's your table. That's not what the public table is going to look like. That's not what Adventurers League is going to look like. Uh, but this opens up like when, when I ran Curse of Strahd for my home group, my wife was a part of it and she and our, her best friend played, uh, two Vistani runaways. Um, and that, so there's like a sect inside of the Vistani that were 
that were had owed an allegiance to Strahd that did not agree or didn't or didn't want to be a part of it, right? But they were kind of like stuck in it from a cultural perspective. So it's like they're not inherently bad, right? There are some some people are going to be different and they're going to be holdouts and rebellious and it opens the door for heroic Vasani, which I think is cool. That'd be mm-hmm. a cool idea. I'd love yeah. to see that. Oh yeah, I love it. And that was kind of you know always my thing is like, man, if I want to if I want to play in Barovia, I want to be from Barovia. I'd kind of like to do it do it from that aspect and not have people from all over the other planes get pulled in. Mm-hmm. But uh, and they've done some things to some of the NPCs. They they they've done some uh, gender swapping on some mm-hmm. of them. They've uh, They've decided add some color to some other ones. Add, add some I'm color. looking at you, Weather May Foxgrove sisters. Yes, right, um, which is awesome. Yeah, and they've got uh, Jander Sunstar, which I believe was from the Sunless Citadel. It was, yeah. yeah a vampire elf mm-hmm. is one of the uh, travelers of the mist, and of course, you've got Rudolph Van Richten um, running around in there. Who is always going to be Anthony Hopkins in my head? Who's always going to be Anthony Hopkins? <laughs> Yes. yes. Leave her. She's become the devil's concubine. It's like forever. <laughs> Always. <laughs> oh, well, well, there goes that. All right. But yeah, it, uh, the, the book, I, I have not picked up my copy yet. I'm still waiting waiting to uh, be told that uh, I can go get it. Mm. But I got, because I got the, uh, the alternate cover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine's, mine's in the mail. At some point in the near future, yeah, but, but yeah. you know what though? That's the blessing of D and D Beyond. D and D Beyond. Buddy. I mean, I was like, it, it, I was looking at this at midnight, mm-hmm. really eleven o'clock, eleven Eastern. I was I was looking at all this and digging through because I'd already, I'd already gotten it pre-ordered. So I mean, I mean, I'd, it's just like there's something in here for everybody. Mm-hmm. There's enough in here for the DM to create really cool story ideas, but there's not so much that unless the players get to the house of lament, they can ruin it for themselves. If they get that far back there and they read through the adventure, shame on you adventurers. If you do that. Yeah, um, do but not. otherwise the rest of the stuff is kind of like, here's what I can expect. And here's kind of like a gazetteer on these different things that kind of gets me in the mood of uh, kind of what's going on, but it's left up to ultimately to the DM to kind of flesh a lot of this stuff out. No pun intended. Yeah, and uh, I love I love the dark gifts. Mm. Which okay, we can't go into it anymore. Nope, nope, we nope, nope. We can't. Nope, not without Zach. Not, not without Zach. Zach. Yep, 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 yep. Or we could just you know just do it all without Zach and, and let we him, could, we could. Then let him out of the box. No, no, don't do that. No, we can't. No, no, don't do that. No, uh, I mean, and once again, I think that we have like just exploded this news segment to. An egregious degree. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like 40, 40 or 50 minutes long, I think, this time around. Yeah. We, had, we have a lot to talk about. We You're do. welcome, listeners. Yeah, Zach, Zach's not here to uh, rein us in. Run just, on. Just as, as John was not here last week to to rein us in from the, uh, the, the craziness. It's the power of three. That's all it is. If there's yeah. only two, the, like the whole thing just... The pillars fall. And yes, I mean, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, but, is there anything else we we need to add, or shall we? Uh, uh, I'm thirsty. Let's refresh our drinks and uh, get into the uh, main topic. And well, I'll refresh my drink. You let Zach out. Really? Do I have to? I did it last time. Oh, fine. Okay, here I go. Do you All have right. the stick? I thought you had the stick. I've always got the stick. You've got, <laughs> You've got the stick. All right, why don't you go grab those drinks for us? Let's do this. All right. All right, so for our main course today, we're going to have a little chat about PvP. We talked about this last session. Um, we all have stories about it. Um, I don't know that we have a lot of strong advice other than what we said last week, which is 99 times out of 100, don't do it. And uh, for that one time that you do do it, you better have all your ducks in a row and you better be ready mm-hmm. for frustrated players at the end, even if everybody agreed to it at the beginning. Um, yep, yep. I think we kind of said that last week. But what we didn't do last week is talk about some of the crazy stories that uh, we all have about when that one time out of 100 happened uh, 
and uh, shit hit the fan. I know for a fact that all three of us have tales to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's all that this episode is going to be, is telling those stories as, like, warning markers, right? Yeah. These are the flashing signs along the highway that tell you, uh, you know, falling rocks ahead. Um, so, Troy, I know you're itching. Go for it. What's, what do you got for us? Uh, all right. Um, played, a, uh, played a character that uh, had come back from the dead. This was, like, way back in the early, early 90s. Um, not even D&D. We were playing Rollmaster at the time. Hmm. That's kind of scary. Anyway, came back from the dead, um, going on adventures. Unbeknownst to me, two of the other players, two, two of my friends, got with the DM and said, how cool would it be if we were actually that character's brothers and we're the ones that killed him? And, of course, the DM thought it was a great idea. And they, <laughs> you know, after a big fight... And we were all kind of beat up and low on resources. They revealed that they were the ones that not only killed me, but killed, you know, my my the love of my life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the bad part is, is the way we had played this game, my character was way more powerful than theirs. Mm. And so it was like, I looked at, at the three of them. I'm like, you realize you're forcing me to kill you you're forcing my player to kill you well but we're your brothers but you killed me (laughs) you know so it was a very the ducks were not in a row it was not a well thought out plan on on their part and it cost it it, it caused a lot of hurt feelings Mm. in in that situation i mean it was like you know hey we're just here to have fun and a good time and you you did that and and it just derailed everything um, so basically, we had to do the the almighty retcon and wipe the entire session and start over again. Oh wow! To replay mm-hmm. it because but that even was an then, awkward session that second time it, around it was too. I'm sure completely, and that was the end of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, we oh, played, I believe it. We played that last session, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I, I'm not playing this, you know, because it it doesn't feel right. I know what you get, you know, the, the, the weird convoluted reasoning behind your idea that didn't fit as far as I was concerned. You pit player versus player on purpose. Even if it was their idea, the DM should have said, hey, you know, that's probably not a good idea to, to, to plan that out mm-hmm. unless everybody's somewhat involved in it to an extent. Yeah, it did not end well. The campaign... Uh, went down in a flaming bag of dog poo, and uh, <laughs> I think we took about a month off mm, wow. after that until wow. we figured out what to play next and get back in it. And we and we jumped genres. We went to science fiction and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So you know, the the friendships were still saved saved and all that good stuff. But it was just like, man, you can't uh, you can't just spring something like that on somebody this isn't uh this isn't shakespeare here mm. so yeah it, it, it was a, it was it was too bad because i really like that character too mm. well i told my one of my stories last year or last uh, episode uh but to tie right in with troy's story like right right alongside it uh, I'll tell a story of my actual brother playing D&D <laughs> uh, for the first time. And he had made a ranger. And I had made some jack wagon character. We were, in, we were young and I think I was playing like an... E- I had made like an evil character or whatever, right? Um, and he found out. He came, he came to the first session. He found out that I was playing a character that had like lawful evil written on the character sheet. And as soon as we ran into combat, he's like, I shoot Zach. Oh, wow. And the DM was like, what? He's like, well, he's evil. And he's like, you gotta love alignments. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love alignments, right? And and the DM's like, is there a way that you would know that? And he's like, well, and he had some BS answer, right? Like, whatever it was, right? I, I had done nothing. 
Um, that's what I that's remember. That's what all having awful people say, Zach. That's right. I, I know. <laughs> right. I know. That's fair, right? Very valid. That village um, set itself on fire. It's not my fault. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so basically the discussion, and I ended. I think that, that kind of how it ended up being was like, we didn't have a rule against PvP. And for him to, like, he if he was going to play, he really felt like his character would do this. And so we ended up letting it happen, and he shot and killed me in session one uh, with an arrow from 60 feet away. And that was the end of that was the end of Bob, or whatever that character's name is so long ago now. Bob Jackwagon. Yeah, I mean, oh man, it was like, and that was basically the end of the session, and and he played maybe one or two other sessions after that, and then hasn't played since. But um, yeah, I still think back to that, and I'm like, that was. There are so many things wrong with the setup for that game, but it culminated in uh, a rough moment of PvP. Talk about lack of empowerment when when you're when you're when somebody is shooting you with an arrow and you're a melee character and there's. Your level one, it's like, well, you're you're gonna kill me. Great, awesome. This is this is how I die with an arrow to the back um, <laughs> from my brother, from but my, not yeah. really my brother, but yes. totally my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's another story for you. Yeah. <laughs> I've right. got uh, I've yeah. got one that is a one that I'll I'm gonna save the one that I was I kind of mentioned last week and to to embellish and to to open that one up a little that old old wound. Open that one up a little bit more, but there's also. Well, I think we could probably talk about either after that, or I'll kind of I'll get an, get an opening. Is not necessarily that that the the players PvP, but they work against the other players. It's kind of another part, another side of this topic. I had one player that didn't even work against the the players. Uh, it was Eck, my buddy Eck. He played a uh, an elf. And he was the party's uh, magic item crafter. And he said, hey, can I put something on this whenever I'm making their magic items that says they can't... Um, I may have told this story before, but, but it's just kind of like in the same same realm, so I'm, I'm, I'm retelling it if that's the case. He said, can I put something in these magical items where it will trigger, where I can just say, you know, the Al- Alakazam and all of their magical items go inert. And they just stop working. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess you could. I mean, I don't see why not. Like, they trust you to do that. It's like, cool, 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 cool. Uh, well, I'm going to do that then. And uh, he's and so uh, shortly thereafter, uh, he started going down the the rabbit hole of uh, necromancy and becoming a lich. And so it was a and so it it, it rolled right out. It, there was a point where, luckily though. Eck is the kind of player that he's going to make a very dramatic exit with the character and be okay with it being like, and that's the end of that. Wasn't that neat, everybody? But it was at the at the the bad guys were defeated, and he's like, well, I guess this is the end of it for me. We've we've done everything that needs to be done, and this is kind of a prologue to our little tale. Um, I'm a lich, and uh, I appreciate all that you've done for me and all the power that I've gained as a result of blah 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 blah. And of course. You know the paladin and all the ever the great sense of betrayal from other members of the the party. They started. They tried to attack him. He's like snaps his fingers. All their magical items go dudsy and are completely ineffective against him. And he goes, "Cool, cool, cool, cool. All right, you guys, uh, you guys take care of yourself." And then teleported away. And that was like the and that was pretty much it. The last that they'd seen him. And he's out there like not working against them, but it was all a means to an end. And it's kind of like that Manganello exit. Right, without the like the the full on betrayal, right? Like of like mm. stealing the, the hand of Vecna. Um, that's well, that's the part. He just Go ahead. stole all their magic items, basically. Well, he, well if, no, when he left after he'd left, they they re- reinitialized. He it's oh. like he wanted them to only be inert for a period of time to where they weren't a, weren't a longer no longer a threat to him, and then um, they would reactivate so they could continue with their stories and everything like that. Um, and then the, the second story, or the story from last week, was playing the old West End games, Star Wars, with my buds. Oh, yeah. This is the, in the aftermath of the satanic panic, so I couldn't play D&D. But I could totally get into transcendentalism with uh, 
with the, with the force and all that good stuff that was cool because it was star wars and star wars was wholesome right and so uh so playing it with my buddies in like their parents garage and we played for years and had so much fun and i played a wookie uh for like a year and a half and for whatever reason i was like getting tired of it and i wanted to play a different character and they asked me not to and they're like oh come on man you gotta play him because they they loved i don't know why they loved that character so much anyway but i it was a wookie right and we we had like the, it was it was the, totally the han solo chewbacca dynamic of uh that we had the the smuggler and his bud and i was the the like the co-pilot wookie like that whole han solo chewy vibe was going on and so they're like you can't you're like breaking up the band man you can't you can't be something else i'm like i don't know i just i want to try this other thing let's just see what happens and so i played this other character and they colluded behind my back to pick a fight with this character and like one of the guys was one of the other players was a bounty hunter and he he took uh, took like a it was a uh, right out of Goodfellas, of like offense. I'm a clown to you, kind of thing. Where it's like, no, no, man, it's cool, it's cool. I'd like, what are you talking about? It's like, did you steal my whatever it was, or did you, did you stole my Wookie pelt or my Wookie scalp or whatever, like, whatever. It was. No, no, I swear I didn't. And it's like, I shoot his character, and I was like, what? And I was, so, and of course, this is high school, so it was like high school levels of drama and emotion, and <laughs> hormones and testosterone. It was like just way out of control. And I was like, sh- I was shocked, like, at the utter betrayal, and I was so hurt by it that I like raced out of the garage and stayed outside for the rest of the night. Come on, man, come back inside. It's cool. We were just joking around. Like, no, you guys are assholes. You know, it's like <laughs> I was so, so upset. So when you ran out of the garage, did you do that like floppy arm run? Oh, totally. Yes, okay. full, full on, man. Ragdolled Fantastic. from the waist up, man. It was, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad, and I was, and of course it was the. T- it was also like almost like the uh, the angry girlfriend too, right? It's like I'm, I I want to go home. I, I let's just go home. Take like, me home. Because I was I wasn't driving at the time. I we I couldn't afford a car, so my buddy Eric was the one that was driving me around. So I, I was super pissed at him, and he was trying like trying to apologize to me the rest of the. T- and I was so mad. Now, granted, I've learned a lot about it's just a stupid character, but there's just that <laughs> in in teenage. You know, drama land. I was super hot. I didn't talk to him for like two weeks after that. Oh my god! Until then, it was yep. like they pretty much had to be had to stand outside of my room with the boombox up, mm-hmm. so you playing broke in up your with eyes. Your entire gaming. Group. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's awesome. Let let let's uh, let's um let's take a note from uh-huh. these stories, right? So now you've had. You've had four stories from tonight, plus a couple others from last week. Of mm-hmm. those six, one has ended fine in that everybody it was the last slot of the con. They all knew they were walking away and weren't going to see each other for eight months. And they, you know, the one character was fine with his Like, everything was perfect. Other than that, all three of us, PvP has collapsed campaigns yep. has yep. collapsed uh yeah uh, uh people playing dnd uh, in the case of mine right like it just it's not it's not uh something that pays off well in the end and mm-hmm. i think even colville patron tate uh uh <laughs> oh, there we, go. Uh, um, we need to really we need to harmonize on that we, yeah. need, to, we need to have like we, we, we need to didn't we Oh, did we? Did we not? Th- totally. We'll play it back later. It's totally. cool. It's cool. No, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah we cool. Did. I'm with you. He talks about how, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, in the times of PvP, a lot of times that's that's been the end. You know, for him, even right, like that. Oh, yeah. It's it's so hard to escape. Um. So it's something that you should uh, proceed with caution, very slowly, mm-hmm. premeditated, and with. 100% trust in your party and players and 100% understanding that even with that trust it might end the campaign next week. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as long as you're okay with that, go ahead. Yeah. 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 100%. If you want to, if you're ready to self-destruct your party's good times, PVP is going to take care of that for you. Exactly. Well, that was a pretty quick 
episode. But I yeah, don't really I feel we'll... like I feel like stories like that are the way to talk about PvP. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> I think I think we're just gonna make this a uh, it's like a little standalone, little uh, kind of like a quick after dinner, after work drink kind of thing. Mm. Just a mm-hmm. quick, <laughs> midday lunch drink. Quick stop maybe? in yeah. two martini water lunch water drink. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like water mm-hmm. drink. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was good. Uh, so we'll come back with our regularly scheduled programming and hopefully with some guests here in the next episode or two. So yeah, yeah. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Keep an ear out for that. Uh, until then, you can uh, always stay up to date on the latest Bite Size Gaming News by going to our Facebook page, our Instagram, our Twitter, wherever, and uh, giving us a follow. It's where you're going to hear about the episodes as they launch. It's where you're going to hear what slots and what games we're going to be running at what we. Uh, virtual weekends or conventions um, if we're tied to any upcoming projects uh, that's where you're going to hear about that too and a lot of other fun stuff Uh, so we'd highly encourage you to go uh, give us a follow um, and come yell at us uh, because it always makes our week um, when somebody messages us and says hey I listened to the podcast episode and I agree disagree or just want to yell at you about what you said there yeah definitely uh, so come yell and 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 be a part of the discussion so. yes indeed all right well i think with that is there anything else we need to say fellas i don't think so no i think we covered it okay. i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go and uh lick my wounds and cry myself to sleep now over uh, open, recounting open. all of those traumatic memories yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Thank God. show me where the bad dm touched you <laughs> I appreciate everyone who sticks around <laughs> through this, like, uh, the, this sort of an episode. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. And I think sometimes the stories are the best parts about our episodes because uh, we've oh, got yeah. a, plenty to pull from. And they always, uh, they always they always serve to maybe make a better point than us just running our mouths. Sometimes I feel like, mm. yeah, we, <laughs> it's said better when we're not saying it. Um, so... All right, well, for this week, uh, thanks to John and Troy for hanging out. Thanks to our listeners for uh, tuning in. And uh, until next week, we'll see you next time. Have a good game, everybody. And thank you. Be safe out there. Adios. Um, 2020 was when I embraced mediocrity uh, as a DM. And was and, rewarded and for rose it. to the top. <laughs> rose the cream of the turdish crop. He's the cream of the crap. Crop. Cream of the crap. Cream of the crap. <laughs>